there. Welcome back. It's Taco Tuesday here at Corked Stats, powered by the Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market, the daily fantasy app where you actually make money for being sharp. Download that bad boy for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. Welcome, everybody, to the fastest show in MLB. Absolutely anywhere. You know you can take that one to the bank without a doubt with your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, Big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always, coming out the chair, as always, and lately been wearing multiple black eyes from the betting record, as always. No lead is safe this season when you are with us. Oh my goodness, Hachi, Machi, Liberace, what could you do? Yesterday we rolled out John Gray. Of course, Cedric Mullins tucks a leadoff home run right inside the foul pole. It's okay. Gray settles down, gets out of it. Turns out he's hurt. That game spins out of control. We have the Tigers and Tariq Skubal at plus 125. They are cruising. Skubal looks awesome. They're up 2-0, and Skubal gets hurt. He leaves the game. We all know what's happened lately to us when we're up late in games by multiple runs. It gets tied, and then we lose. The Tigers even... Got out of a jam in the ninth to take the lead in the 10th to still lose by multiple runs. I've been going over these things. What can you do? Our one-run record is despicable. Can't hide that. Such is life in the big city. And all you can do is lower your risk. And if you don't like it, you can't take the heat. you got to get out the kitchen. If anything, go back into demo mode. This is for my beginners out there. Remember, I'm able to eat these losses with a smile on my face because I'm so strictly regimented. This is part of a very, you know, business. This is part of a legitimate business plan that I understand will have ebbs and flows. And I allowed the units and the percentage risked to take care of itself. For the people that maybe haven't subscribed to being so diligent, I understand it's kind of what separates the wheat from the chaff. What matters the most is lower the risk. If you're worried about losing, it means you're betting too much. Bottom line, if you're worried about winning, you're probably betting too much as well. Shut it down. If you're really beat up, if you're starting to get emotional and you want to tweet at people screaming or ball players, you're doing it wrong. Get over yourself. Stop doing that. Reduce your risk. To zero goose egg make money in a sample set for 30 days and then go live again it's really that simple you don't have to continue to lose you don't have to throw bad money after bad money that's just not how it goes it really means a lot that i'm sharing to you not just how to win anybody can show you how to win you pick bets you tweet emojis you go on to the next day it's learning how to lose and stay in the game notice a lot of handicappers when they start losing they, you know they kind of go off into the sunset not the big dude i'm banging the drum even louder because there's more lessons to be learned when you lose than when you win let's do it it's the three pillars of profit here at cork stats and mayo media net where you're getting all the nuance all the context so it's pouring out your gd holes in your face everybody rate review and subscribe to the audio only pod and please in a minute after i put on a clinic with this detailed analysis i'm going to ask you to hit the like button and subscribe to the youtube channel as well i'm very very proud of what we've done it's very hard to build a youtube subscriber base especially mid-season and it's undeniable the totals are there the comments are there the interaction is there really do appreciate you as we kind of turn the corner on this season again people are losing focus getting into football well guess what i'm getting into football and we're not losing focus that show if you want is on fantasy football picks and bets i had ian Hartitz on then chris meany and then yesterday i 
the, uh, the other day it came out, I did a NFL best ball draft, flew through, you know, nobody covers it like me, tons of strategy, all that stuff, enough of that, let's get into this, it's the 8-2 stack attacker, let's bring it back, baby. Oh man, it's been a rough go, but like I said, no rest for the weary around here at the Cork Stats War Room. We're looking at those beer makers. Gimme Milwaukee lefties against Bryce Wilson. 6-3-1 ERA 1. 6 whip. 8-72 OPS on the season. His deserved ERA. That's a contact-based indicator. Up over 5.5. Single-digit K-minus walk. Whiff rate below 20. First strike rate at 52. Zone contact rate at 90. What does that mean for the new listeners? It means he does not create the whiffs needed to get out of jams. First strike rate at 52% is way too low. 29% chase rate, way too low. So the in-zone contact rate becomes way too high. He doesn't win in the zone because his stuff is not great. He falls behind, can't get the chase. Now we could go into the contact metrics. 43% hard hit rate, line drive rate over 23. We know that's mattered more than ever this year with the change in the ball and the humidors and such. That's equaled the Ex-Woba over 380. All those metrics kind of firmly in place. His ERA at home on the year is over 8. Something that we love to see. And lefties, year to date, I mentioned that. They have a 383 batting average. OPS at 1,000. And the problem is the fastball. Way too many of those being thrown to lefties. 41% use on the four-seamer. 600 X-slug. Only 22% whiff. Now, granted, the 22% whiff rate is not terrible. It's probably right or below average. Again, I'd like to give you where these stats fall. Not just read you the number, but where the average falls and kind of what it means. So, he does get a decent amount of whiffs, but 600 expected slug on a pitcher throwing 40% of the time. That math just doesn't work out. That's the explanation for a lot of those poor output stats that we've seen from Wilson, so give me Yelich, give me Telez, give me Wong, you see the names up on the screen, all of these stats are, I believe more than, the last two weeks, they're all over 30 plate appearances against righties, Yelich, my triple slash, remember, BA, ISO, OPS, we use ISO to count for extra base hits, because of total base props that don't include walks, but all that juicy stuff matters for jock market in particular. Keep your eye on the top of the lineup. You get a half point for those plate appearances. Yelich, 414 BA, 241 ISO, 1196 OPS. Yelich coming on as of late, six extra base hits in that span, and he's doing work against fastballs from righties, right? See how we want to have that kind of crossed matrix. We want to make sure it's fastball, fastball, not off-speed, off-speed in that span. Yelich, I'm sorry, year-to-day. I'm sorry. When I go to individual pitches, I generally like to expand the sample. It makes a lot of sense because you don't always get that. So 52 hard hit, that's 95 miles an hour, which again, the reason we use that is because it's directly related to slugging. 12% barrel, 425 expected Woba for Yelly. Be rubbing the belly tonight. Speaking of belly, give me the big boy, Rowdy, Rowdy, Telez. 346, 308, 1123 OPS. Anytime that center number, OPS is over 30. That means you have 30 percent ISO rate. If we're expecting four at-bats, four plate appearances, I should say, with an ISO over 30%, that fourth plate appearance should get it done. Now, of course, this doesn't always work, but there's a bit of the math behind the total base props. 21 barrel, 15 blasts, and five home runs year-to-date against fastballs. Again, individual pitches. We want to zoom out. Telez, Yelich, and also Wong doing work. Wong looking excellent as of late. 500, 308, 13, 56, triple slash. Oh, my goodness. With six extra base hits, a 315 
ISO five home runs against right-handed fastballs. So we'll be looking at all of the Brewers lefties today. I think they get it done early and often. Again, I can't stomach the juice, but you know, we'll probably be looking to think the Brewers run roll, and we're going to cover again also. So give me Yelich, Telez, and Wong for the Brew Crew. Let's get over to the Blackbirds in orange vest going up against Spencer Howard. 593 ERA15 whip. OPS allowed at 1,000. Oh my goodness. Anything above 850 usually rings 1,000. Wow. FIP and PCRA above 6. Deserved ERA is above 7. How is this guy around? And he had a good start. He burned us last time. We'll get to that in a second. 10% K minus walk, 7% swinging strike rate, first strike rate at 48%. That's just about as low as she goes. 27% O swing again. That's about as low as she goes. Remember, chase rate, the average is probably like 32. So if you're at 20, you're at 27, you know, you can't be like five, six ticks below the average of being nearly 20% below average that just doesn't work again he has to come in the zone so you see the high contact rate and when the ball's in the zone it goes out in a hurry 43 fly ball 11 barrel almost three home runs per nine righties on the year of course the majority of hitters being right-handed 333 batting average 447 whoa but just jumping off the page 1000 ops and eight shamalama ding dongs in the shimity bop yeah and the problem is the arsenal is just not robust enough it's a cutter and a fastball you've heard this from me before 91 percent use between the two pitches so all he throws are fastballs 550 x slug for the bin 16 percent whiff rate entirely too low and eight home runs on the year now last time i did mention he burned us he went five gave up none but it was against the angels we probably should have known better when they go in the tank they just circle the toilet and need a mercy flush so what's the opposite of buying the dip we're going to sell the rip i ain't buying what howard is selling give me the orioles let's start with the righties like i mentioned it's mount castle again sometimes we're just not looking for like last seven last 14 i'm not as concerned with who's hot and who's not as much as underpinnings we mentioned the fastball usage on a hyper usage so give me mount castle excellent fastball hitter from righties 56 hard hit 15 barrel 213 iso and he has 11 home runs against righties year to date so i think mount castle gets it going today even though he hasn't been great and then rutschman who is not right-handed but has been killing righties and again the Fastball's just not very good. Last 30 days, 56 plate appearances against righties, 47 hard hit, double-digit barrel. Check out the triple slash, 442-302-1316 for Rochman. Wow, what a 413x Woba in that span. So give me Castle, give me Rutschman. Bounce it back without Mancini. They got to us yesterday. I think they get it done again. Last up. It's the Friar Talks. Give me the pods from San Diego in that beautiful weather. However, notice this is game two. I did not handicap. The first game, it's like a standalone one, so I focus just on the main slate. Remember, the Padres and Rockies go two times today. So make sure it's game two. They'll be going up against Jose Ureña, 4-6-7 ERA, 1-6-2 whip, XFIP in Sierra, clearly north of 5, 12% K to 11.5% walk. I mean, I just can't believe, how could you have a sub 1% K minus walk? Comes in the zone, and it's going out in a hurry. 91 Z-Con in zone contact, 23 line drive. How has he been palatable? The BABIP is below 300. I'll be looking for that to correct. Lefties year-to-date have quite 
crushed him. 315 BA 850 OPS. We're looking for Profar. We had him yesterday. Just, that, just how frustrating it is. I really need an assistant. I put out all this work and I just don't get all the time to filter through it. We were all over Profar yesterday. He didn't make the cut on the total base prop. I got... I don't know. I got befuddled. Whatever word I'm looking for to describe how stupid I am sometimes. And of course, he let off the game with a home run. We had Profar just jumping off the page. He was part of the stack attack. I rolled him out everywhere yesterday except in total base props, and that was an easy clear for him. Profar looking excellent last 21 days against righties 368 526 13 23 profile has been awesome remember he's like a he is like the spike player so you really don't wait for him you just get on board and then once he whips five times in the game you just will get off and then we want to look at jake the snake cronenworth looking excellent in the last 60 days 145 plate appearances against righties 293 228 916 ops 17 extra base hits he's an extra base hit machine loving the real estate out there so give me the pod so it's brewers orioles and padres that's your stack attacker brought to you by jock market and i hope that really felt like you know we brought the heat i like to think my show reeks of effort and if you agree the best way to thank us doesn't cost you a dollar i don't want your money i just want your cartoon fingers press that little animated thumb below hit the like button and subscribe to mayo media Net, because that stuff matters more than it should. All right. Here we go. Second pillar of profit. It's the fantasy leaderboard. Baby, baby. Again, if you're unfamiliar, Tuesday, Mondays, write news and notes with the subsequent playing time fill-ins. Tuesday, we mine the statistical leaderboard, advanced leaderboard for pitchers. Looking for names with some advanced stats might pop. Guys to look to maybe add. Wednesday, we do the same for hitters. Thursday, we mash it all together. I'm going to give you an ad for every position in every format. Of course, doing all things for all people, or at least try my best. And then Friday, we do the weekend. Look ahead. I've done a bullpen thing and just kind of a just a little wrap-up kind of state of the fantasy address. It's been going pretty well. All right, let's dive into it. You'll notice for the audio-only listeners, I'm going to walk you through it. Two lists, as always. This is blast rate. Again, the ideal subset of barrels. Contact allowed, which is a mistake. That was not correct, and I'm really sorry. When I put this graphic out on Twitter, I can't redo this video right now. When I put this graphic out on Twitter, I will correct it. That should be whiff rate. We do pictures. We do whiff rate and ex-woba. Makes sense. Swing and miss ability, and then contact allowed. Quality of contact allowed. I'm really, very sorry. Again, when I put this on Twitter, I will correct this to whiff rate. So these are pictures inside the top 60 in whiff rate. Again, swing and miss, very important. Christian Javier, Nick Lodolo, David Peterson, Josiah Gray, Chris Archer, Daniel Lynch, Austin Voth, Braxton Garrett, Reed Detmers, Bailey Falter. Let's kind of take it a bit at a time. Christian Javier, the reason I did that, 34% whiff rate. He is ridiculous. He looks like an absolute ace right now. Wow, he looks just phenomenal to Nick Lodolo, right? Ups and downs that you're going to get with youths and also that you're going to get with Reds pitchers. I know he's available in some leagues. There is some upside as a streamer when he's on the road. To David Peterson, he's been phenomenal, developing the new slider for the Mets. To Josiah Gray, again, there have been some hiccups. I am down with Gray. He had, didn't have a great start last time out, but I think that was the dip to buy. I think we got to get back behind Gray. Archer's getting whiffs, but I'm not buying it. He is walking a ridiculous amount of hitters trying to avoid the rough contact that he allows. I'm getting away from Archer. So I'll give you an idea of how one stat shouldn't do it. You have to keep 
going, but this is a good way to kind of get the flashlight. I wanted to highlight that. Daniel Lynch looked excellent. Yesterday he's up. Remember, he's got all the prospects shine. People oftentimes disregard young pitchers after they stink. Fast forward a hitter here, a name, and it's Reed Detmers, right? He was terrible. I, it's funny, he threw maybe the worst no-hitter of all time. But then he was terrible, he got sent down. He came back, rediscovered all the things that people liked about him, and now he looks excellent. So do not write off Daniel Lynch, add him, ask questions last to Austin Voth, somebody that I really liked a couple of years ago. It fell apart for him in Washington. Now he's with Baltimore. They've done some decent things with pitching. Just keep an eye on him. They're stretching him out. So if he's going, he was going three, and then going four and third. I think he even went five. If they're going to try and get him to be a five or six inning pitcher, they've shown you getting rid of Mancini. They're not looking for much. He could get a run down the stretch. Pitching is very difficult right now. And it ends with Bailey Falter, who again has been kind of gross on the stat page at times. But he has a very kind of deceptive delivery. But I think if he kind of makes a tweak or two, you could see it. I started him this week because I think he has the Marlins. All right. Then we go over to top 55, inside the top 55, right? This is not a raw leaderboard. Again, no one needs me to tell them that Corbin Burns is awesome. Go get Corbin Burns. Well, you can't get Corbin Burns. So I'm going to try and talk about guys that you might be able to get, might be able to trade for as fantasy trade deadlines approach. All right. These are all pitchers that have a sub 315 xwoba 315 generally where you're going to start looking for good quality anything at 300 or below is excellent anything below like 285 is just elite who's at the top right there christian javier 229 xwoba to pair with 34 percent with just awesome he's been phenomenal to merrill kelly who's kind of gotten it back kind of found his groove again i also saw him kind of floating around some waiver wires as a spot start you could do worse jose quintana moving to st louis do not undersell the quality of the defense the upgrade he's going to get i'm not a big quintana guy again if he's out there we know he controls the contact he's going to get a big boost from the offense and the defense quintana is not a cut right things are actually looking brighter for him to josiah gray pairing that 31.9% 31.9% whiff rate with a sub 300x wall, but yes, it was a rough call from last time out. Josiah Gray is very good. I think the dynasty prospects for him are insanely high. We're looking to add Gray everywhere to Keegan Thompson, David Peterson to wrap up the sub 300 guys. Peterson again to go with that whiff rate. Anybody on both lists is probably an add automatically. Guy like Braxton Garrett on both lists. He's had some up and downs as far as results. That's fine. That's the best time to go get somebody. Marlins have had a bunch of injuries. Curious to see how this will play out, right? They just got Lazardo back. They're looking to get Cabrera back. Garrett could end up on the outside looking in, but he hasn't yet, so I think you definitely have to circle him. To cut a Crawford for Boston Red Sox, I think he's very good. Ranger Suarez has turned it on lately, and Daniel Lynch again on both of these lists. So they're just a couple pitchers. Again, that you know, pitching is very tough this year. Hitting is stepping forward, right? Becoming more prevalent more dangerous with the weather changing and pitchers getting injured, right? Good pitchers get injured, don't get replaced by good pitchers. And hitters that get replaced get replaced by closer to replacement level hitters or sometimes even better, right? Because sometimes it's like a, you know, an old dud goes down and into bringing up a stud and you know look the Braves end up with Michael Harris and now we don't they take off. So just keep an eye on this is a good way to get with lesser known players. Look at these advanced stats uh, time sorting them because again it's worked really well so when something works i'm just going to stick with it two of three pillars of profit in the bag meatloaf would say two out of three bad all right let's do the bets i'm just like i'm like i'm just fretting having to post 
bets every day, what is my favorite thing to do on a planet Earth, bet on baseball. It's just been such a rough go thinking that people are losing, tailing me, and we're just getting smoked. A lot of the caps are excellent. You go back and review. We've had late leads, multi-run leads, suffering from errors. That also happened to Gray yesterday. Texas kicking the ball around. Then he got hurt. It's just we can't get out of our own way. The variance has been terrible. And then it was funny. I saw a tweet that explained a bit of it. I actually retweeted it about this being the worst season for underdog betting in baseball in like seven years. So that's the length that's beyond the length of my career. It probably explains why I haven't lost up until this year. You know, we bet dogs around here, and the market has kind of sharpened to my F5 schematics, my strategy, how I was taking such advantage of the books for so many years, taking advantage of those F5 money lines that were being mispriced early on and eating a lot of pushes, moving up on the wins. They've now priced us out of a oblivion with those and then we, we used to shift to the fi run line then they juice those into oblivion i mean oblivion meaning i used to get fi run lines we have to cover a single run same thing i always had the same parameters but i would get them at minus 125 minus 120 which you could get for a great pitcher you know in a in a great spot now they're minus 180. I'm just not going to pay minus 180 for Corbin Burns to need a run ahead. We all know how crazy wacky baseball is. All right. Let's skip ahead to the total bases because we already did the analysis. Adley Rushman is a man on fire right now. Loving that. I also posted and subsequently missed my first hit parlay yesterday. I uh, Gosh, I bet it because I bet everything that I recommend. But the reason why this now is his first looks, everybody, is because in particular with total base props, you got to get the calculus, right? All the stuff we talk about. We want the odds. We want the line of placement. We want everything. We didn't get the line of placement because Seager was down. I mentioned that during the show, we need to keep an eye on that. Seager came back, and if Garcia, right, if we knew Seager was in, Garcia wouldn't have been projected to bat second or third like he had been. He'd be projected to bat sixth or seventh, and that might have thrown us off. It turned out they lost. They got the ninth frame regardless, but we didn't know that. So I would have backed away from that, even though I do kind of think I like the hit props. I don't want to say no matter what, but like batting seventh, I that I don't want. Just let not be greedy, because the pricing is not that great. So, missed it, but... Again, I think it's worth, especially with those kind of plays, when we're reaching a bit, right? When we're looking for edge. We're like looking for lineup spots. We're looking to take advantage of these scenarios where maybe not everyone is as sharp to the daily machinations. And, you know, of course, we got the thumb, the old thumb in the eye. All right, so Adley Rushman, killing it. I love the plus 125, digging the price. We laid out all of the work. I just think he covers that one easily. And remember, Baltimore on the road, so we're going to get the ninth frame. Rutschman pretty much solidified into the number two hole. So we're going to get the extra at bat. I think we're going to get this one with ease. And again, I'm not buying that Howard Garbaggio. He was trying to sell us last time. All right, next up, let's get Atlanta. We're going to get the money line, the run line, I'm sorry, cover up. That one and a half is another one. God knows what the money line is. Absolutely ridiculous. You just can't pay that in this economy. Phillies are rolling out Nick Nelson, who hasn't been terrible, but his walk rate up over 11, the chase rate down below 28, the line drive rate up over 26. That's a lot of red flags for an opener, especially considering 
Phillies are not great behind that. In fact, one of the people we might have been thinking about, Bailey Falter, is scheduled to start already. So I don't know where the Phillies are going to go with these arms. And I think even if the Braves don't get to Nelson, you're going to get a hodgepodge of Phillies relievers, which stink in the first place, right? I mean, the Phillies are one of the teams whose A, tier A bullpens we don't mind going after, right? Hand and Nebel and Dominguez are not really striking fear into anybody. Who is going to fill the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh against the Braves going up against Spencer Strider, who's been awesome. 291 ERA, 102 whip, 525 OPS, FIP at 217, deserved ERA at 2.1, 37K to 9.5 walk. Now, granted, the walk a touch high, but 27.5% K on his walk, 15 swinging strike, 30 CSW, 34 whiff, just unreal, in-zone contact rate down at 78. Now, there is the flip side of the in-zone contact rates that we go after, right? When you hear Howard, 90% in-zone contact, Urania, 90% in-zone contact. The flip side of that is Strider, 78%. He could beat you in the zone, so that is what matters. A, hitter, a pitcher that could fall behind and know, you know it's coming, he knows it's coming, and you're still going to have a hard time getting it. The problem with a guy like Howard, Urania, if they fall behind because they're not crisp, then they're really in trouble. That's why some of those starts just go off the rails so incredibly quick. Love what I see from Strider. He's limited hard contact, hard hit rate, 31%. BIS, home run rate, down around a half a home run per nine. His expected Woba on the season. Remember, I laid it out. Anything below 280, his is 270. Spencer Strider is a GOAT right now. Atlanta looking really hot. They are excellent. And I don't think they swing the bats great, but they've been winning. I think there's an offensive game coming for the Bravos. Get those choppers ready. And then next up, this one I'm going to take. I just, I have to begin to practice what I preach. I'm so, I'm not tired of you people winning. I'm very happy when people take my work and win. And nothing makes me happier, even more so than myself winning. I have already bet professionally. And when I needed to feed my family to bet, I did it for two years in a row and succeeded. And now I'm lucky enough to have other small businesses and income streams where I I don't need to really bet professionally. I still bet at a high level because it's kind of one of the things that I do. It's one of my small businesses. But it's not something that I rely on anymore to keep the lights on. So seeing other people win is probably even better than winning myself. Where am I going with this? And when I run the F5 model, again, let's stop for one second. Press the like button down below. Subscribe to the channel and follow me on Twitter at MLB Moving AVG. And when you're there, tag the big man, the man Behind all of this madness is Patty Mayo at the PME. Let him know how good of a job we are doing up in the piece. Because without him, there's no me. Without me, there's no tools. We put out implied team totals, starting pitcher ranks. I run the algo, grade the games. We grade the hitters, put out jock market plays with pricing. There's a key and a daily parlay. Pretty much every single thing you could possibly ask for. And when I run the F5 model... Again, here's a bit of history about myself. I never, ever bet overs before. This is the first year I've ever bet overs. I don't bet overs, and if you follow my work, you know that. I've always thought overs were stupid. There's a reason they're listed at minus 110, because you can't get edge. So I'm going to, I, not say it doesn't mean you can't play it, but I used to avoid them because I had edge in the F5 money line market like I described so I had no reason to chase I'm not a chaser I'm a disciplined better remember 10% loss needs an 11% gain to get it back right you have 100 you lose 10 you're at 90 you need 11 to get back not 10 so no bet better than a bad bet when I run 
the algo, I still am kind of reticent. I can be gun-shy, trigger-shy of pulling it on overs. But when the model rings at anything over 0.9, everything is scaled on like a plus to minus 1. Anything at 0.9 over is an over 0.9 under under. Is like a must play. We had it yesterday. I ignored it because when I went in for my own analysis, I just didn't see it. It was Cleveland and Minnesota. I just didn't really see it. That game, it, it was, gosh, eight runs scored through the third or something like that. And, and I start getting DMs. Ding, 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 ding. Model hits again. How go we trust? And the algo we trust. This thing is ridiculous. And I'm like, I didn't play it. I didn't post it. Because again, sometimes you just get in my own way. I don't, it's not about not trusting my own work. I just. There's so much going on. I'm spinning so many bowls and doing so much stuff. You know, things fall into the blind spot. So let's get on Detroit and Minnesota, I guess, once more. F505, Matt Manning coming off the IL, of course. That's exactly where we want to go. He's been good in his couple spot starts. But where we've seen him through last year, going back, whenever I have pitchers without a lot of sample IPs, if you check the starting pitcher sheet, another one of the tools we bring to every day. I go back to 2021, 5-5 ERA, 1-5 whip, but he's really struggled, and again, the Detroit bullpen is really soft in the middle. I'm not sure what kind of distance we're expecting from Manning against a Twins team that hits really, really well. They're looking really good. The top of that lineup is sick, and now the middle of it with guys like Miranda getting it going. I think Manning is going to be in trouble, and even if he's good, I doubt he'll be efficient, and once we get to the third or the fourth, I think that second slash third time throw, Minnesota going to go to work. And then up against Chris Archer, i just not buying it. Four ERA, one three whip, please. XFIP, Sierra, and PCRA, all above five. The walk rate over 12. I just can't get behind this guy. Chase rate at 26. I don't know. Hard hit rate over 40. Expected Woba over 360. I don't know, man. I just, I'm having a hard time again. I'm having a hard time backing Archer. I just don't see it. I think he has six walks in each two of his last three games so not like six walks total he has six walks Detroit offense has been kind of stinky I do think they'll get up off the mat today remember you know uh, offense in baseball very hard to predict day to day it's not about perpetuity right we don't oh they stunk the last three days are going to stink tomorrow and there's blips within the flat lines and vice versa in fact I think trying to chase the most recent data is the toughest and this is not even data back it's just the way it is. You know, if a team scores 12, I feel like they're less likely to score 12 again. If they score zero, especially if it's a good offense, I expect them to score a couple. There's a little caveman analysis for you. So give me Detroit and Minnesota, F5 over 4.5. I think either one of these pitchers could give up five alone. So give me 3-2, Minnesota, 3, Detroit through 2, through 5. We're going to cast this one easily. So let's wrap that up. It's the Braves to cover up the, bunny, the run line, minus 115. Tigres and the Twinkies over 4.5 F5. And Adley Rutschman goes over his total base prop at a juicy plus 125. And that will do it from all of us here at Mayo Media Net. Love you much. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. I put in so much work that I hope you feel like I do respect it a ton. I mean, I really can't treat it any better than I treat my own. Please download the Jock Market app. Those numbers are what will keep this show going. Promise you that. Believe me. Download it, use the promo code to get the free hundred bucks. MMN is that code. Rate, review, and subscribe. Press the cartoon finger if you thought I brought that smoke. Check me out in Twitter, and I'll see you in the jock market streets. Peace, everybody. And remember, when you work this hard, if there's a lot less like luck, yo.